Welcome to the Educator Wellness Center podcast. This podcast is for anyone who serves in education. You cannot pour from an empty cup, and so this podcast will focus on practical self-care strategies that you can implement so that you can be at your best for your students, your family, your community, and most importantly, you. Welcome to episode five of the Educator Wellness Center podcast. My name is Mike. I'm a uh, father, husband, high school principal, and um, today I am uh, not coming to you from the road, and it is slightly warmer. It's about 50 degrees here um, in Metro Detroit, and I'm also sitting in the um, staff wellness room that I had uh, created for staff and and got to open about a, a month or so ago. So um, I'm looking out at the back of my building here where there's really no s- more snow that I can like visibly see. Uh, the sun is out. Like I said, it's about 50 degrees. So, uh, you know, that hope for new spring and growth is um, maybe a breath of fresh air is, is coming around the corner here. But so I'm sitting in the uh, wellness room here. I've got a couple of chairs, um, some carpet. I've got a fridge with with water and some different juices and stuff for staff to just kind of um, take a break for the day, um, you know, get out of maybe the staff lounge. There's not very much seating in here. There's a yoga mat if somebody wanted to unroll, um, you know, and do a couple of poses. And uh, like I said, right, this this podcast has a, been a work in progress. So, you know, was out on the road last week for a um, for a walk that I took you on. And then today I thought I would I would do it from the comfy confines of the uh, of the wellness room, which have a little bit nicer chairs than you know that are in the staff lounge. Like the they're not the typical hardback chairs. These ones are at least a little bit softer uh, for you to kind of sit and enjoy the moment. So um, last week when when I had talked about uh, doing new teacher academy and thought maybe we'd have some conversations on, on how as adults that we learn. We'll get into that for a second. But, um, you know, I wanted to give you an observation that I had um, taken away from um, also talking about how my kids had gotten back into being able to play sports. And so here in Michigan, you know, obviously things have been very, very slow to open up. In fact, um, the governor um, is about to allow dining capacity and stuff to go up to 50% now. Um, even last week when we walked uptown uh, to go, it was at 25%. And at 5.30 on a Friday um, at one particular restaurant that we go to fairly frequently, I used to take the kids there, um, especially when they were small, you could go at 5.30, have no problem whatsoever. Um, that was obviously at 100% capacity, but um, walking up there, going in at 5.30, it was already in an hour and a, and a half wait. But anyways, I'm getting distracted here, right? The, uh, so my kids got to start playing their, their travel soccer, their indoor seasons. And, you know, if you're, if you're a parent and you've been to uh, sporting events and stuff, and right, you, you have the, t- the different types of parents. Um, and then if they play, you know, travel sports, you have, tend to have maybe more parents or you definitely can pick them up with their, their yelling and saying, you know, arguing it about a call or telling the kids to, you know, hustle or you need to be here and you need to be there. 
Um, but I thought the interesting takeaway from this over the, the weekend of games was that people were just excited to kind of get back to a sense of normalcy, right? The, the quality of play really didn't matter. It was just that they were out on the field. I mean, we're coming up on almost a year, um, at least here in Michigan. Um, we have a PD scheduled next Friday, which will be exactly like the same time last year where we knew we were going to end up shutting down and there was a scramble to get everything in place. Um, so we're coming up on a year and, and just to have like, I'm saying, you know, the temperature being a little bit warmer, that little uh, sense of maybe some growth and maybe some loosening up here. Um, things may be starting to get back to somewhat normal, um, that it was good just to see kids getting out and playing. Um, you know, of course, um, for many of them, like the conditioning was just not there. So like halfway through the game, you saw a lot of kids with hunched over, um, hunched over on their knees. But the good thing was, is that they were getting back. They were getting that opportunity to play. And I think that was hugely important uh, for them, just not in terms of like their own mental health, but just like getting back into the routine of having things on a schedule and such for not only uh, students or students or players, but like the parents as well, right? To kind of get back into to that little bit of a habit. So that was kind of my takeaway from the kids getting back. Um, you know, you expect the quality obviously to get better as they get back at it and the parents to start maybe, you know, being a little bit more judgmental as, as you've seen but at least for like that first weekend, I think people were just taking a big sigh, a relief of getting back to, to normal. So then during the course of last week, um, I had mentioned that I got to teach this uh, new teacher class. And so um, I want to give a little context to it and, and how it came about. Um, you know, it was it started off as like a one off um, idea, not this school year, but uh, the 2019, 2020. And again, I've been doing wellness workshops and, and, and things with teachers. And so I had this idea when um, someone had said, hey, would you mind, would, would you, what would you think about doing this? And I said, I'd really like to try it where you do um, a partial class, uh, a seminar, workshop, call it whatever. And then you also teach a yoga class. Now, and I'm not sure, like, could teachers get sketches for it, which is part of, like, the renewal process or what, but could we, could we do one? And so um, we did one. Uh, I, it, it went fairly well. People were interested. They really liked the yoga, the spot. Also that we were just talking about um, new teachers and taking care of themselves, not what curriculum-driven initiative do you need to do or what assessment, right? We were just talking about teachers and their own wellness. And so from there... Um, I said, look, I really enjoyed this. We did three more last school year. It was really, um, they were really well attended. People enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. And so then this year we spun up another four and then we had an anchor text that I could then kind of built and, and pulled different pieces for. And so this last one, um, again, it was virtual and obviously not the preferred option is all about being a learner and it's it's kind of funny because last year when i had set up the topics it always seemed that the topic we were talking about just seemed to be at the forefront of um, what people tended to be uh, thinking about and so whether it was this one being a learner or navigating seas of change um, the topics always seemed to be 
kind of right at the, the time. Now, part of that was driven from the text as the anchor, but then part of it is just kind of like my own thoughts. And so it's worked out pretty well. But the idea behind this one was to talk about like, not how as a, as a child as they, or a student as they learn, right? But how as an adult do we learn? And so one of the most interesting things uh, that came about is dropping people into break rooms. And we started to talk about the idea of like, what was your experience? And we're coming up almost on a year now. What was your experience? What was your anxiety level? What was your comfort level in March when you had to switch to an all digital or all paper or you had to leave the classroom, right? And most people, you know, on a scale of zero to five, you know, five being super stressful, um, it was at that. Now take stock of where you are at and where do you think your comfort level is with being able to handle that digital online platform to be able to handle all of the change that have come about in every, everybody in, in all the groups, their numbers significantly came down. And so as we started to talk about this, um, one of the best comments from somebody was like, I simply didn't know any better, right? I didn't know. There were no rules. There were no parameters. And I said, okay, that's great. That's a jumping off point to go all the way back to think about it as you were a kid, right? How as a kid did you learn something? You know, we tried, we failed, we dusted ourselves off and we repeated, right? We kept trying over and over because we didn't know any better, right? We had to kind of learn for ourselves. We kind of had to navigate through that. We simply didn't know any better. And I said, okay, then as we got older, when did it become not okay to fail, right? When did it become not okay to achieve a goal, right? Like you always have to be doing and achieving and it's not okay to show the vulnerability or say you've made mistakes. And so we started to, to talk about that and the things that came up as an adult, right? When we started to feel like what other people said mattered, when we started to listen to um, what you know the media was saying, when all of a sudden we had to become evaluated, right? Which is a popular thing, you know, this time of year, evaluations that come up. When did we start to care about that instead of going through and trying, failing, repeating, and doing over as we learned? And then all of a sudden, right, when do we stop, right? People seem to think that once you finish high school, right, as I, the principal of a high school and my students are like, when I'm done, I'm never going back to school. Or when you get done with college, right, there's a significant uh, amount of people who stop picking up a book, stop technically growing after school. And when did that kind of become okay as well, right? And so I kept going back to like, we didn't know any better. We, we just kept trying and learning and figuring and turning things out, right? That power of inquiry. What are you interested in and how can you keep learning about it? And when you rub up against um, or, or come up against something that doesn't, um, is a struggle for you, do you quit and move on? And so that's part of uh, the conversation that we started to have in, in, in this new teacher dynamic and also talking about, you know, the idea of like minding the gap and, and part of this conscious, unconscious competency ladder, 
right? Uh, when we all started back in March of last year, um, and I can tell you from my perspective, we didn't really have a strong online platform presence, right? We had been using a canned program that wasn't greatly successful for our students. So we simply didn't know any better. So what we started with in March, right? We thought it was great. Now, when we look back at it now, we said, oh my God, like that was, it was not very good, but we didn't know any better in March. I didn't point any fingers. I said, we're all going to grow and struggle through this together and figure out what works or didn't, right? Think about the first time you taught a Zoom class or you were on a Zoom meeting. And even today I was doing a Zoom meeting with some people in person and some people who couldn't participate and you know, people still saying, talking and then reminding them that, oh my God, you have to unmute. So there's that first level of learning where we think our skills are greater than what they really are. Right. And then as we move up, right, that unconscious competency, we move into this conscious competency and we reach a point where we go, okay, we know we have to really, if we're going to get better, we have to be able to start to put in some work. And this is kind of a crucial point in our own learning is do we decide that we want to put forth the effort necessary to do the skill or are we just going to quit? And so, you know, my example was my on and off uh, relationship with a guitar. Um, I want to learn how to play the guitar. Am I willing to put forth the energy to be able to play? And it comes and goes and it sits by uh, the bed and um, every once in a while I'll pick it up and play and maybe during a break I'll spend some more time. Am I willing to put the effort in necessary or am I going to completely abandon that? If I forge ahead, right, then it becomes where things start to become a little bit more automatic. I still have to think about doing it, but it's becoming a little bit more rhythm to the day, right? So if you're you know, in a classroom and you know, you're teaching, think about how things start to become a little more automatic. You don't necessarily have to divert so much energy to what you're doing, but um, you're, you're kind of conscious of, of making that decision. And then when you get to the top rung, right? The skill, the habit is so ingrained in you that you really don't have to think about doing it. You can do it fairly well, but you also know that if you don't do it for an extended period of time, you're going to have to, you know, kind of relearn the ropes again, right? So take the guitar example. Um, if I've played for a while and I'm getting to a good place and then I stop playing, then all of a sudden, you know, I have to remember how to do it and, and work my way up through those steps. As adults, I thought that was an interesting conversation for us to have because, you know, as we were always looking at, at students and how students are growing and how they are acquiring skills and how they are being assessed. And as adults, right, there's plenty of conversations I've had with people who have said, okay, where do you want to grow? What's an area? Uh, that you're interested in. I've had conversations with people who have said, I'm good. Like, I'm happy just to be middle of the road. I'm not interested in, in growing or achieving or learning. I'm just good. And then there's other people who are interested in it. And are they willing to put forth the effort? Are they willing to be vulnerable to show that they are open to making mistakes? And that, I think, is a huge piece for all of us is to be okay with, you know, 
having and making mistakes, right? We expect students to go and do that, so why can't that be okay for us, right? And is it because of societal pressures, right? Pressures from maybe the district to show that, um, you know, you're, you're performing and that mistakes are not allowed. Whatever the case is, I thought the best then follow-up to that was somebody saying, like, me acknowledging that, like, hey, like, just take stock of where you are at, right? Be okay with making mistakes, right? Um, and somebody said, I need to be better at adulting, this whole adulting thing, which, right, think about it. Life does not come with any sort of manual, right? When you're a baby, um, and, and to put it in perspective, right, today's my son's 17th birthday. Um, that, like, just, wow, where did, where did time go? But I, so I remember where, um, you know, as a new, new father-to-be, getting, like, what to expect when you're expecting and going through it with my wife and saying, oh, my God, okay, is this what you're ex- supposed to expect? But when we left the hospital... And we were joking about this the other day. Uh, we had his birthday party. We were joking about this is that when you get released from the hospital with a newborn, no one gives you a manual, right? Like for every situation, there's not a uh, kind of like choose your own adventure. Like this happens and then you go to here or you go to here. There's no manual for everything that happens. When we took our son home, all of a sudden I was, I was quote unquote sick. I didn't know what the hell to do. My my mother-in-law literally told me to go to the basement and go to sleep and like get it together. And, but life doesn't have this manual with every single answer. So how as an adult do we grow? Do we learn, right? Can we be okay with it? Do we acknowledge um, mistakes that we have made, right? And not feel so condemned by, or not condemned, but um, care so much about what other people think. Right? Can we go back to two things? Can we go back to the uh, mindset, the power of inquiry as a child? Right? And can we also operate from that Zen mind, beginner's mind, where you're always open to learning, you're always open to taking in information, seeing if that information meshes with what you believe and what you think? And do you let go of some information that no longer serves you? So that whole conversation uh, was really fascinating as we talked about it and um, talked about how like it is a long-term game. Uh, whether you're a, a brand new teacher, whether you're um, a 20-year veteran, right? It is a long-term game. Can we be okay with learning and saying, hey, I didn't do very well at this and that's okay because I learned from this, right? And then I'm going to apply this and I'm going to move on. It's the same thing we expect from students. You know, try, fail, repeat, review, move on, right? And kind of keep the cycle going as we continue to learn our skills. So I think as an an adult, right, the, the takeaway from this is like learning to accept that we aren't going to be perfect. <laughs> We're never going to have the right answer 100% of the time. There's not a manual for us for every single situation with every conceivable scenario that could pop up. And can we just be okay with that, right? Give ourselves a little bit of grace. And looking back over the course of a year now of this pandemic and all the different things that we've tried, I've had conversations with 
um, with with teachers and, and staff and just be like, look at how much we've tried this year and everybody has grown you know, incrementally, huge growth, little growth. Everybody has tried and stretched and we've fumbled things and we failed with it. And can we be okay? Can we take what we have learned? Can we get just a little bit better? And I think, you know, if we expect that from students, we should also be able to expect that from ourselves and gives ourselves a little bit of grace if we don't get it the first time, right? The neuroplasticity in our minds, um, while it may continue to evolve and grow, right, we can change our thought patterns, right? Most of our brain is done growing and, and kind of making those connections at 25. So if you're 45 like me, right, the ingrained habits that I have are going to take a little bit more work to change than if I was five. So I thought that was just an interesting um, kind of conversation that I had with new teachers. And then as we were looking next year, right, I think the, the other conversation that was hugely important is, right, um, the way the new teacher academy is set up is that uh, you get three years and you can attend all of these sessions to kind of you know, bulk up your um, teaching set and, and anything else. And my focus has obviously been on teacher wellness and their emotional and social needs. And um, as we're prepping for next year, right, there's also that question is that what do people do after those three years? What supports are available to them to hold space for these conversations where it's not about curriculum, where it's not about assessment. We're just talking as adults about how do we manage. And so that was on my mind because tomorrow, um, the Council for Exceptional Children, I'm doing a, um, an hour workshop on like empowering educators and looking at social emotional competencies for um, teachers. And I think that is a huge um, area of need. And there has to be as much effort put into that as needs into be into curriculum, assessment, behavior, social, emotional for students, because we all know the landscape. We know the landscape is drastically changing with the number of people who are considering leaving the profession and are doing so, and the number of people who are coming into the profession to serve students. So in my mind, that is like a huge piece. And, you know, part of why I'm, I'm doing this podcast is to just have these conversations about teacher wellness as um, a perspective from a, a building administrator, right? And saying that it's really important um, for, for people to be able to acknowledge that, to be able to work on it, uh, to have access to services for that. As a parent, um, you know, as someone who has kids in school and making sure that they're okay. And just really as a human being and acknowledging that we all are imperfectly perfect. We all have our areas of struggle. Um, can we offer some, some grace, some support, some empathy for each other? So um, after those classes, right, then it is, uh, then we go to the, to the mat and I teach about an hour yoga class. And so that is like super fun. I'm still learning how to whole navigate the, um, that digital space teaching a class because I was teaching another class earlier in the week and I didn't have the space, I didn't have the camera set up right enough 
So if I was just doing a restorative or like a yin type class where I was on the ground, um, that was fine. Um, the funny thing was as soon as I stood up, all you could see, you couldn't see my head, but I looked at the camera and the other participants, I couldn't see the, their heads either. So it was cool, we were all headless practicing and I was just like, just follow my limbs and go along. So um, that's gonna do it for this week. Um, like I said, we've hit episode five. Uh, if you are finding the podcast, whether it's on you know, Google or iTunes or something, you can go in, you can click the subscribe button, um, you, know, you can leave a review and you can also send an email. So if you have questions or thoughts or anything like that, uh, feel free. It's educatorwellnesscenter, all one word, at gmail.com. So that's going to do it for this week. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I'm going to go and try and enjoy this uh, nice 50-degree weather today, maybe go for a run with my uh, daughter when I get home, and uh, keep moving forward, and I will catch up with you down the road.